0: this is the blood red podcast from the liverpool echo giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from anfield hello everyone and welcome to a very special blood red podcast with me paul ghost the echoes lfc correspondent i sat down with the one and only peter crouch at anfield ahead of the release of his brand new amazon documentary that peter crouch film the former liverpool striker revealed all about life at anfield including the infamous gold drought of 2005 as well as some of his favourite moments and goals joining his time at Anfield, as well as playing with Steven Gerrard and Jamie Carragher. Enjoy. So, Peter, back at Anfield, the mm-hmm. to you. Um will you just tell us a little bit more about why we're here and why you've been chatting to us here, Steven Gerrard, today?
1: That's right, yeah, yeah, chatting to Stevie today, which is great to meet up with him again, you know, like, uh, you know, he was a huge part of my career, you know, with England and, and Liverpool as well, like, big help as well. Um, so yeah meeting up with him obviously I'm filming like an Amazon documentary and um, you know wanted Steven to be a part of it because he was part of my journey here at Liverpool my captain when I saw him went a difficult spell on the pitch when I wasn't scoring and then come through that and ended up you know winning the FA Cup and, and some of the happiest memories of my of my life really were of at it, of this it club you're yeah, going to get a go recommendation you don't come much better than Steven Gerrard no definitely like I say and you know I'm, I'm it's you know, very proud to to be able to, um, to still speak to him you know he's, well, like, I think he's probably the best player I've played with I've played with some great players but even for England as well for me Stevie was always the best and um, just a sort of hugely influential on and off the field um, so yeah any time you get to, to spend with Stevie he's always a one Yeah but
0: we're going to get into a little bit more about some of the players you played played but just going back to summer of 2005 and you're at Southampton um, and Rafa Benitez brings you to the club what can you remember about that time and, and how you know, it pulls interest kind of first surface.
1: But I remember, like, I remember watching um, the final in Istanbul uh, on the. I was away with England at the time, actually, and uh, when we were in America, and I remember watching it and just thinking, you know, what a club! Like, you see the size of it, and that, you know, one of the best games you've ever seen. And little did I know, you know, fast forward to the, the pre-season that that in two thousand and uh, just in, you know, two, the pre-season two thousand five, six season, I'd be playing for Liverpool. You know, and I had no clue that that was going to happen. Um, and then yeah I mean you don't realise the size of it until you walk through a door and you see the show if you saw the pictures on the wall and we walk around and see the club. Um and you know there's so much of it it's a cliche isn't it you know like about, about Liverpool's history and stuff but until so you see it it just is you realise the magnitude of it all and um, for me to play for a club this size and then to be remembered fondly by the, the fans that are so knowledgeable about football um, is, a, is a big honour for me and Whenever I come back here, uh, the people around the city are just uh, first class with me. Remember, you know what I achieved as a player, I remember me um, from being around the place. And uh, I've only only got fond memories of the city in, in, in general. Yeah.
0: So when you you first joined back of the old Melwood, the iconic training ground, what what were your first impressions of that I And
1: mean, some of the players you were training with was it yeah. kind of. A, a wow moment, yeah, it was. It was, you know, it just, it just felt like it went up a gear. Um, you know, and that's no criticism to Southampton, it was, you know, it was a good club, we had some good players, very good players at that time. Um, but playing for England and playing for Liverpool, like you just knew that standards were required, were different, it was higher level. And, um, with Stephen was a huge factor in that, Jamie Carragher was a huge factor in that, but Dutch, I mean, there's some of the there's Sammy Hoopier, um, Javier Alonso, uh. Fernando Morientes, Torres, and the players with a huge caliber and talent, but also winners, um, and that's what I found straight away when I when I came to the club.
0: Yeah, you went through a bit of a tough period initially. It took it a while to, to get going. In there, you manager at the time Rafa Benitez was probably not famous for putting his arm around the shoulder of players and, and whatever else. So, uh, you know, with the fact that you, you were still picking you of that, make you think you, you were doing something
1: right. You weren't, you weren't necessarily banging in the in the goals initially. Yeah, that was exactly right like Rafa had um, you know a huge belief in me and it wasn't about scoring goals I think um, even when I spoke to Stephen he was saying that uh, uh, I was bringing a lot to to the game and um, I I I do have a lot to thank the fans for as well because uh, you know having won the Champions League or European Cup there's not many not many teams would have stuck with a striker and scored for that long and it felt like you know the rest of the world if, if you like was against me and it felt like I was in a bubble which was Liverpool and I had my, my teammates and I had the fans around here that were willing me to succeed. And uh, that was the only reason I really got through that time because it was a different time, without doubt, in my, in my life. Um, but then once I got through that, I was so pleased and proud to sort of get through that because it was hard. But then, um, you know, I did. And, 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 and obviously I did start scoring goals and we started winning things and I felt like I was paying the fans back a little bit. Um, and I'll never be able to repay that, but I just, you know, thank God I, you know, was considered a success in the end rather than yeah. a failure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you, you know, the first one against Wigan, then you got uh, a little bit disputed, but then you put that about in the same game and then uh, went on to score five in, in that month. So obviously it's uh, took a bit of a, that was
1: a bit of a painful patch at the time. Suppose that's just how it worked, just strike us from killing. Yeah, that was just, it you was know, just the way it was, you know, you just couldn't, I, I couldn't buy a goal. And then, um, you know, I started that one that went in, I think I had the third last touch. Uh, it flicked up off the defender yeah. and then Mike Pollitt palmed it in. Um, you know, <laughs> probably wasn't my goal, to be honest. But thank God I put it to bed with the second one, um, which was nice. And then I went on a run, you know, and, and I was, even when I was playing for England, I felt like I was going to continually score. I was I was just full of confidence and um, there's no bad feeling. And I, and I still maintain that the best sort of period of my football career was those three, three and a half years at Liverpool. Uh, when I was scoring for England, scored for Liverpool, winning, we were involved in big competitions, um, and I think that was the happiest really time of my, of my career. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, speaking of big competitions, then you went to Japan for the Club World Cup within six months of you of your signing for the club, and, and you're only in that competition when you're playing for the club each just, just won the Champions League. What was were some of your memories of, of, of those kind of phase in Japan? Because it was a bit, bit, bit strange. The games are on, you know, very early in the morning. Yeah.
1: You know, and, and, you know. really strange I mean really strange we we, we didn't I, I, I remember I remember rooming with Steve Finnan and me and being Finn playing Mario Kart <laughs> at like three in the morning uh, because we hadn't adapted we didn't have time to adapt to the time zone and um you know that that was a strange strange thing about it but it was an amazing experience you know I've never been to Japan before I haven't been since so you know that was a great. As it was it was a great sort of thing in in my life, you know. And then we, we, we did that, and I, I think I scored a couple of goals in the first game, and uh, I was I was buzzing, you know. I thought well, we're going to win this, and and then we just played a totally different team in the in the final, and um, and I ended up losing it. It was frustrating, really, because you know that would have been a nice one to sort of have on the on the CV, if you like. Oh yeah, that, I mean Liverpool had one at the time. And yeah, that was the chance that but went back in the, um I've
0: got to ask, got to ask you, we, we've read the stories from Jamie Carragher and Didier Man about it a certain night in, in, in Japan with the karaoke and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, people, you remember that one?
1: Oh, I remember, well, yeah, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm glad they touched on it before I have. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, carnage, you literally like, all the fans were in this one bar and we ended up in there and Didier Man was in there, Pepe and we all sang songs and I always remember there was, there was only one cab over and trying to fight to get this cab. Um... But yeah, I mean great, great night. I mean the fans that were out there, um, you know, they, they probably didn't have a clue, but we you know, we the team was there and the fans were there and it was just a great night and um, all of us together. Um and yeah, like you say, like a, a bit of a bit of an away troop if you like, but but got a lot of fun.
0: Bit of a surreal one, but did it kind
1: of make you think of how big the squad is worldwide? In Japan and we've got supporters cheating along. Yeah, I mean there was so many. And not just that, it was the locals, you know. I remember going for a walk and seeing um, there was like founders of fans just behind us, um, and they were really respectful. They weren't like invading the privacy, they'd let you walk round until you sort of engage with them and they just walk behind you. And then uh, we'd 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 obviously had a chat with them, then they all just came in for pictures and but then even when we got the team buses in the, you know, to so train and you'd see like the flags and, um, you know, of course there was fans that had travelled, but there was a lot of local fans. Um, just, you know, you realise how big Liverpool is, you know, across these, these places. And you know, even when we travelled pre-season, it was, uh, it's a global football club, which is, um, which is so special.
0: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, a little bit closer to the whole minute in that same month he played there, Everton, your first made his Side of Derby, you scored in the three one minutes, uh, Goodison Park.
1: Well, what wasn't like playing playing in that one, obviously it was, the, it was a, yeah. a very is an intense local rival. Yeah, well it's obviously I lot. I just obviously met with Stevie today and uh, we were discussing that because I always remember Stevie saying to me on the bus, um, you know, if you score in on this one the, the the fans will always remember it. As I say with the United game and it with in the cut but um, yeah they're obviously getting the goal. And I, I just went straight to the so that conversation that I had with Stevie it was like you know the fans will remember this one. So then I just started running towards them, um, and that was obviously a yeah great moment for me. It was uh, scoring the most side derby and then scoring the United game. Little things like that you'll you'll always have. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of the some of the other strikers who were after the club during that time you were
0: Ben Picken, Tapes, Jubal Cissé, obviously Fernando Torres, Fernando Morientes. Bobby Fowler, all kind of very different types. It seemed like Rathau liked to have different profiles of, of strikers so I'm not sure you were would, you would, the, the target man, I guess. Does, is that kind of how we like to operate?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, the, the reason he signed me was because I offered something different to the strikers than he already has. You know, there was lots of players with that kind of like mould. I feel like Milan Mil- Barros was another one where like um like Gibril say uh, Sinemalong Goal, like players. That wanted to guy, and I think he wanted to he wanted to change it up, you know, to even have something, have a different option, if you like. Uh you know, That's when, when I was signed and told to, to come in. And, um, you know, I'm all, I will always be thankful to Rafa that he gave me the opportunity at this great club.
0: Give us all about him being a very studious, you know, elite tactician. But in terms of what he used to ask
1: of you, do you remember? Was there anything that was a bit different to what you've been asked before? Yeah, I mean, you know, like when I wasn't scoring, like he was happy because the team's doing well, I love doing a do role, but like, I, I felt like I had to become more selfish, you know, to get goals and um, to add that to my game, I had to sort of go against what he wanted a little bit, you know, get myself uh, in the box, you know, 10 out of 10 times and, and and ask for crosses where a lot of my good work outside the box was for other people, if you know what I mean. And yeah, um, yeah he asked me to do certain roles and there was a time, I remember one, away at Watford, he asked me to play sort of it was almost on the left of the three. And I was like, well, I'm not sure, I'm not sure how this is going to work. But I understand his thinking. You know, he just he saw, obviously, a weakness in the centre-half and, and a weakness at the, the full-back, you know, airily. So, like, he could play more direct balls into me in that kind of channel, and I'd be able to hold it in that channel rather than central. So I understood his thinking completely, but obviously defensively, I was struggling. I was like, like you know, you most of the time, I'll be looking after centre-half, not jacking back in a way... Marley or Salerwood, you know, I'm not not that type of player at all. So yeah, there were certain things, the roles that he he asked me to do where you know you didn't agree with, but sometimes you know you, you had to do, do those things for the team. And um and Raffle was was one of the best tactical managers. So we had you know he had our trust in you know, everything he tried to do.
0: Yeah, um, and the first season, then you go on with, and when the FA Cup. Uh, on penalties against stand this the general goal, 2 0 down, <clears throat> crazy, crazy game. But must have been a, a special, uh, special day in your
1: career. Yeah, hugely, usually, usually special. Like I say, like I grew up the FA Cup, you know. So um, me and my dad's thing was sort of watching on a, you know, the whole day was booked out, and we'd, we'd have a day in front of the TV. And um, you know, we live not too far from Wembley, so you could feel the buzz, you know, of FA Cup final day. Um, so, yeah, when I'm standing there, and um, yeah, unfortunately it was it was in Cardiff, it wasn't at Wembley, but, you know, I'm holding the trophy and I'm looking up at my dad. That's probably when I got most emotional watching, you know, that match, because, you know, I just remembered all the, the days that we'd had watching the FA Cup, and then all of a sudden I've got this famous trophy in my hand, and I remember seeing my dad's sort of almost, you know, getting a bit emotional as well. So, yeah, that was a special day, and that's something, you know, I'll never, ever forget, and I did mention that to Stevie. Actually, you know, I do thank him every day for those couple of goals. Score. <laughs> you, you knocked the down. I did not want that. Yeah. Yeah. I had a couple in the lead up to it as well. But yeah,
0: so Birmingham and yeah. you Yeah, balance, yes. yeah. Um, you mentioned that about, um, you know, the, the kind of the, the feel of winning the FA Cup. I mean, I suppose, it but, but the kind of adds to it given the friendship that was in the squad for the or did he
1: friends who mm. take the and the, TV and, and the shelf see him again close close, close, yeah it was yeah you know like with the um, obviously you'd usually class sort of like the English lads maybe playing like being together and you know the Spanish playing together it wasn't like that at all like especially the Spanish like really integrated, really really well like Pepe Reina, Xabi Alonso, Luis Garcia Philello um, Torres when he came to Orient, just really really good lads as well um, you know, Sammy Hoopier's is a, you know institution here and um you know, Didier Mann, as we know, is a scouse German, you know, so um you know, it was a good group and we enjoyed spending time together. Um, Robbie Fowle, obviously when he came back as well, it was um, it was a real good, good group and you know there was no one that you um you know, you didn't really get on with and, and when you won together it was you know, we enjoyed it together as well. It was great.
0: Yeah. Uh, another family you've been you, involved in Baltimore, there's a the Champions League final, the biggest game in club football, isn't it? What was the um, what was the kind of build up to that? You know, the, the week off because it's. Um, I imagine for a player, it must be a strange thing, knowing that this is kind of what you worked towards all your career.
1: Yeah, I think um, you know, I always remember the game here. Obviously, when uh, his Chelsea at that time were were unbelievable. That you know, that was a that was a serious team under Mourinho, and um, you know, the player like a and uh, you know, Balak and. Essie and Lampard, it was such a difficult terrain. I mean, they were, you know, they were probably favourites in the game. Um, Obviously, going 1-0 down at Stamford Bridge, but, you know, bringing it back here, the atmosphere was, I mean, that was like nothing I've ever seen before, like before a game, for half an hour before the game, it was electric in it. Um, We noticed, obviously, all the flares and the singing in the lead-up on the bus as as we arrived, and it felt more than just a game. Daddy Agger scored when it you know, It was a cutback just here, and Daddy Agger scored. And then um, I remember I came off, and um, Dirk Kite scored the winner penalty. And I, that adrenaline, that pause of realizing that you've made a Champions League final, was I just, you know, I can't even describe it. And it, it feels like a real blur. Um, and then obviously the lead up to the final was, you know, we went away. Um, you know, we just, you realise how big the game is, and you just sort of want it out of the way. Then, in all honesty, because it's it's getting built up so much.
0: Yeah, and then uh, later in that that summer, it club brought, and I got to the Rest of the club, um, it seemed like for whatever reason, Rafa never really trusted the two. It was always you were you were starting, and that was on the
1: bench or vice versa. For whatever reason, yeah, I was frustrated with that. Like I, I was slightly frustrated by that. Um, and obviously Stevie and and uh, just off Fernando was a great partnership yeah. obviously but um, it came a couple of years. Later. Yeah, it came after, yeah, and I, I felt like, you know, I remember playing like, one game we started together uh, away at Reading and I think um I think Fernando scored a hatchet that day. Uh and, and we com- we combined really well and it just oh we I do I, I do wish we'd have, you know, maybe had more more chances together because um you know, I knew Leaving Leaving Liverpool would have been it was a difficult thing to do yeah. um, and that was something that uh, I felt like I had to do really Just just see, more game time? Um, yeah I needed more more game time um, you know I knew that uh, Fernando while he was here would always play ahead of me and if you play one it's always going to be him um, so I was pr- pragmatic I knew that but obviously you know a few months later Fernando leaves there to Chelsea and you know if I felt like here's one regret maybe in my my career that um yeah, maybe I didn't hang around here longer because I, I, you know, would have been brave. But but then I went and had a good time to Portsmouth and topped them as well. So I can't. Uh, you don't want to go. You don't rewind too much, but I do. It's one thing I do wonder. Yeah. What, what if?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, just finally, then you
1: scored forty-seven times. So, bit bill that while you were there. Um, if you had to pick out one favorite goal, one goal. Um, I think Galatasaray, Temple's in front of the Champions League, and Football Cup. Um. Just because it was cop end, it was Champions League. The Miller of the goal, yeah. um, that, or you know, the third of the hat trick that at the cop end as well was was another special one. And the Arsenal against Arsenal, yeah, and the United header, just for the buzz of that as well. So I pick three. That I one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're all here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they were all at Anfield. Yeah. That's yeah, it's all good. that. Cheers, Paul. Thank yeah. you, Cheers. mate. Cheers.
0: <laughs> Listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.